0: Hey guys, you are listening to Killer Cocktails, where the drinks are stiff, but the bodies are stiffer. This is a casual true crime podcast where two friends get drunk and talk about gruesome murders. Each week we pick a different drink whose name or ingredients set the tone for our stories. Alright, hey guys, welcome to this week's episode, which is Bloody Mary's. Jackie, (laughs) I hate Bloody Marys. Yeah. I don't
1: hate them. I really like them. Yeah. Um, But I will say that I have never really enjoyed a Bloody Mary that I have personally made or they're okay. Like if my friends make them, we're all, you know, in Tahoe or whatever. Um, I like them when a professional makes them. Is it because you guys are just using Bloody Mary mix? Like Typically we it's did just, today? yeah, it's Bloody Mary mix and you're throwing in, you know, some vodka. And then maybe, uh, they're just the, despite, the there's so many ingredients in them that I don't think you can truly get a mix that is delicious. Cause I think all of it together is kind of perishable. Mm. And I think if you're going to put it on a grocery store shelf, you're kind of sacrificing to a certain extent some of what you're putting in there. Yeah. So you're not going to have the really complex, amazing flavors that you should have in like a bar made or restaurant made Bloody Mary. And then I don't know what things to put in them to enhance it. I started looking up recipes for us to like... And it was overwhelming. I just kind of went, Ugh, I don't want to read all of that <laughs> or go through a million articles because each one is completely different from the one before it. Yeah. So... So I just don't know that there's a great, you know, buy it from the store. They're all decent. Yeah. They're, for the most
0: part, decent. Uh, Right now we're having, Uh, what was that, Lefty O'Doul's. Yes. um, Which you can buy at, I'm guessing, any supermarket. Okay. And um, it's from the Bay Area. Um, I hate Bloody Marys, and I hate spicy things, and this isn't spicy, and it's all right. (laughs)
1: Yeah, whereas I think it, like, I went and tried to put all sorts of stuff in it. Like, I went and put some hot sauce in it. I put a little horseradish. Like, I'm trying to spice it. Like, to me, it's just kind of...
0: It's not bland. It's cold tomato juice. Yeah. With vodka. I'm just excited that there's vodka in there. Yeah. (laughs) But I also tried... I called at least 10 different breakfast places and or bars today because you were texting me you're like who has a great because there are great bloody mary places in town yeah. yeah 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 and i was like this place this place this one over this place mm-hmm. and how did that go well i would call in i was like hey uh thank you so much for taking you know the time to talk to me Blah blah. do you sell your bloody mary mix and they'd be like no and i'm like oh okay <laughs> like they were super. Like it was a government kept secret. Like <laughs> and it was under lock and key. And like one place was even like, "Well, let me talk to my like manager, the owner actually, and uh, let me take down your name and number." Like I could hear the owner in the background being like, "Get her information. We'll call her later with an estimate." And I was like, "But no, I just want to make just four bloody. Marys. I have money. I, I money. want <laughs> to give you my money." Yeah. And then one place was like, "Oh yeah, we do sell it, but in a very tiny bottle for twenty bucks." And I was like, mm. yeah. And then this other place I called Cause it's it, essentially tomato juice with some spices yeah, in it. Jesus fucking Christ. And I just don't wanna take the time to make it myself from scratch. Yeah. I'm a working lady. <sighs> <laughs> um, and then I called that Irish pub. And they're like, Oh yeah, let me oh, well, let me check if we sell it. And there she's like, Oh, you know what? We use zingzangs and which we also got from yes, the next So that cocktail. was the one that I had picked up. And she's like, You could go to any supermarket and I, grab it. I feel like I've had zingzangs before. And I feel like
1: the group consensus was that we liked it. Now, I can't remember in why? what capacity okay. that was or why we felt that way, but it sticks out in my mind as being like, that was a pretty good one. If you look it up, it's got pretty high scores on Amazon, and like it comes up in a couple things on Google, so yeah, this, we'll save uh, for round two.
0: This lefty O'Doul's is organic and has only the best, you know. Oh, very, so. <laughs> very posh. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, but yeah, so that was my oh. endeavor with trying to get Bloody Mary Mix. Yeah. Can everyone just calm down? So, you don't like them. I hate them. Uh, do you remember the first time you tried one? Like, what's your
1: history with them? Do people try and push them on you? Or, you know, do they leave you alone? Yes
0: and no. I would say Katie is always very open for me trying hers. Mm-hmm. But she doesn't push them on me. i much rather have a mimosa in the morning.
1: I, as a fan of mimosas, mm-hmm. I totally get that. But sometimes... So, I originally, because I wasn't a huge tomato juice fan, people love Bloody Marys. And I'd be like, Gross. Every ingredient in there is disgusting, and they're full of, like, crazy pickled stuff. Like, I'm not a fan Mm -hmm. of pickled things. Um, So I thought they were really gross for a very long time. And then I was in Tahoe with my friends, and we had the intention of snowboarding, and we had gone down to gamble for a little bit (laughs) and gambled all night. (laughs) And the sun came up, and we were like... Holy Ooh. cow! We gambled <laughs> all night and the sun came up. Let's head down. We're like, let's go down and watch the, sun, the sunrise over Lake Tahoe. So we like walk down, we watch the sun come up. We get back into the casino and then we look at each other like, are we going to go to bed and then like try and go snowboarding later? And my friend was like, let's get Bloody Marys. Oh. And I was like, ugh, I don't really like Bloody Marys. And I was like, oh, come on, try. It. Like it's a great morning. Like this is it's this is the perfect time to try it. And we went and we got free Bloody Marys because we were playing video poker, and it was amazing. Yeah. And I really liked it. And I was like, is this just because I'm, I'm tr- drunk and super trash and morning time?
0: And I've liked them ever since. Huh. So are you saying I need to go to a casino? Yes. Stay up all night gambling. Have, inhale secondhand smoke and have it singe your throat to hell. Got it. And then the tomato juice helps. I guess. Yeah. Okay. But that was the instance that... I mean, I'm willing to try anything, so I can like these. <laughs> just trying to join society just love me i don't like eggs i don't like bloody mary breakfast yeah. is not the time for me but i will say i was super stoked that you let me put bacon in the.
1: i knew <laughs> the key to you is bacon yes and i that's like i've had amazing bloody mary's that you, you throw a little shock of bacon in there mm. you're only improving what's happening yeah because there's all you know there's the garden that everyone's you know i'll try and piece that out to other people but i'm not get, giving up my bacon get your leaves out of my drink yeah yeah <laughs> i well, I'm ordering food, I'm out to brunch, I've got the food part handled, yeah, yeah, yeah. just give me the alcohol, yeah, yeah, so uh you I, I without like throwing out actual names, but like you source through town, you know which places mm-hmm. are the best per slice, like not only like the best bacon in town, yes, but like the best price
0: per slice, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So let me tell you, some breakfast places will give me two slices for five dollars, which is that's insane. outrageous to me. Yeah. The the bacon is good, but not five dollar. You know, not two fifty per slice. Yeah. So there's this local brewery who now who knows, yeah. yeah, who knows me when I come in that I'm going to order a plate of bacon because on their menu it says bacon and underneath it says jalapeno poppers. And so in my head I was like, no, no, no. You have bacon on the menu, and now I want a plate of bacon. So I haggled with the guy, um, and the chef came out and like talked to me after he brought out the bacon. And now I got it at fifty cents a slice. So I get ten slices on a plate of bacon. (laughs) If somebody off
1: the street went into said brewery, Mm, yeah, having heard the rumor of the great bacon deal, yeah, and said I'd love a plate of bacon, I want however many slices. Would they get the same fifty cents per slice, or is this Your arrangement, you're the weirdo.
0: I think... I want to say they'd do this for anybody. There was a, like a give and take between servers though. I don't know who was doing the price points, but in the beginning it was like a dollar slice. Yeah. And then when I started going in there more regularly, it went down to 50 cents a slice. So. Okay. Yeah. So it's all about that loyalty, loyalty guys. (laughs) (laughs) Loyalty. (laughs) Loyalty.
1: So the history of the Bloody Mary. Oh yeah. What? Tell me about it. Okay. So, uh, and I'm just reading from Wikipedia. So let's cite my sources. Um, Bloody Mary is a cocktail containing vodka, tomato juice, and a combination of other spices and flavorings, including Worcestershire sauce, hot sauces, garlic, herbs, horseradish, celery, olives, salt, black pepper, lemon juice, lime juice, and or celery salt. There is so many things happening in here, and that's why everybody's is different. Yeah. And you'll get some where they're like, you're like, this is just kind of ketchupy," And you'll get some where you're like, this just tastes like... Tomato juice. And then there's others where it's like, what a complex arrangement of flavors. This is amazing.
0: (laughs) You are an orchestra
1: of tastes. In the United States, it is usually consumed in the morning or early
0: afternoon um, and is a popular hangover cure. Do we as Americans, are we the only ones who drink Bloody Marys or are kind of global? So
1: uh, let's fast forward here. The Bloody Mary was invented in the 1920s or 30s. That's up for debate. A million different people think they invented it. Which, as we were discussing earlier, my feelings on invented drinks are... Especially something like this, where it's like you took tomato juice and put booze in it. That seems...
0: I mean, but it's not just booze. It's all that other crap you just said.
1: Yeah, but to me, that's just the decades and Little... decades of, of brunch buildings. Okay. And like that's just that's how we know it now. Now. Okay, got it. Um, but even in the beginning, a bunch of them are saying, No, it was just tomato juice and... Vodka. and vodka. So, the various theories for how it began, um, as well as the origin of its name... Uh, it has many variants, most notably the Red Snapper, the Virgin Mary, the Caesar, and the Michelata. So the Caesar, I'm trying to think what I was watching. I was watching some sort of interview with a celebrity, and that celebrity was Canadian, mm-hmm. and they were talking about the Caesar. And I think the main difference between the Caesar and the Bloody Mary is clam juice.
0: No. Yes. No. Yeah. No.
1: And they were no. just, they were going on and on about how much better the Caesar is as a drink than the Bloody Mary, that it is, and, and the, I believe the person who's interviewing them is like, uh, <laughs> Wait,
0: this, these are American audiences listening to this. So not it to taste like clams. It's like Yeah, seafood. but
1: you know, they've got, you know, there's the, what's that drink that like Bud Light has that's got like Clamato in it? And do you what? know what I mean? Like,
0: what?
1: it's a thing. People are into it. I'm not. But I it's feel a,
0: like. And what's I'm a michelada? Spicy. That's what? all I got. <laughs> <laughs> Origins from, from I'm Latin look, descent. I'm looking up a Mitchell Lotto real quick. <laughs> um, see, I don't know. If I'm hungover and I'm ordering a Bloody Mary or a Caesar, If I'm ordering a Caesar in the morning and I smell clams, I am going to hurl. Like, I had shrimp the other day. Yeah. And it just smelled shrimpy and I hurled. <clears throat> but I love shrimp. I, my I mean, 30 for 30, hungover, my 30 for 30 birth, uh, I, you can't undermine how much I enjoy but shrimp. But like super seafoody It smells, it's like awkwardly seafood-y. I, I get it. Mm. I just, I, I love shrimp. Right now you're having a
1: hard time just breaking through my, my shrimp love wall that I have. <laughs> okay. You know of my, of my wit, I, I, I want to eat so much shrimp I throw up. Yeah. No, I did it,
0: and it's not fun.
1: Here's – no, you mm. didn't eat so much shrimp you threw up. You ate shrimp and you threw up. That's I don't want to <laughs> eat shrimp and throw up. That
0: sounds horrible. But now you want to fill your tubby
1: to I, the top with I, shrimp. I, and I want through. to
0: have such an
1: unlimited amount of shrimp. The joy of being able to eat that much shrimp to me, that – yeah. Okay. That was the joke of when I turned 30. <laughs> like, we wanted 30 pounds of shrimp from, like, it was my 30 for 30 yeah. – and we didn't, we're reasonable people. We yeah. just ate shrimp and had a great time and chatted and told stories. Yeah. But, so I still haven't fulfilled the bizarre wish I hope I never well, fulfill, which is to eat it so, it so to much shrimp,
0: yeah. Well, maybe if we make it to 30 episodes. Yeah. We'll do some sort of shrimp <laughs> <Yeah>. cocktail. <laughs> we'll do a shrimp <laughs> yeah. cocktail. That's ridiculous.
1: Yep. All right, we'll hold ourselves to that. Okay. My 30th me. episode will be a shrimp cocktail. <laughs> Oh, I'm
0: interested to see what stories we come up with for shrimp cocktail. I'm super stoked.
1: Oh, my goodness. That's funny.
0: All right. So back to the history. So... Oh, I was Paris. looking up a michelada. Yeah. You're, oh. Yo, you're saying something about Paris? Well, you you were saying it was... Oh, Venezuela. earlier, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, if, do you have any more history? Well, I'll tell you about this michelada. Yeah, tell me about this michelada. So this michelada, which I
1: called a michelada, and I was corrected by you. Yeah. So if I'm mispronouncing it, that's Dreya's fault. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a Mexican Cerveza preparada, preparada made with beer, lime juice, assorted sauces, spices, and peppers. It's served in a chilled, salt-rimmed glass, and there are numerous variations on this beverage throughout Mexico and Latin America. So if you'd talked to me a year ago, I probably would have said, this sounds disgusting. Yeah. And then I went... On a rafting trip in January, and I had my first red beer. So I was with Michelle and Jeff, and Jeff, apparently this is like a normal thing, especially for river guides. You just add V8, like you have a beer, like a light beer, and you drink down a little bit, and you add a little bit of V8 to it, and it's a red beer. And I, again, that sounds horrible.
0: Yeah. It's tasty. It's so delicious. Okay. Which it kind of, it's kind of like, you know. Yeah. Sort of so again, vodka. if you're not a
1: fan of this world probably not. You For probably you. wouldn't enjoy red beer, but I say you should try it. On like I mean, a I'll camping try trip, like on a like that to me, it just it, it hit the spot right there.
0: All right. I'll try anything twice. So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Let's jump into these stories. You got a bloody mary story?
0: Yeah. Well, I was going to talk about the OG bloody mary. Ooh. Um so Mary Queen of England, Mary I, um she was queen of England and Ireland from July Fifteen fifty three until her death. She's best known for her aggressive attempt to reverse the English uh, reformation, which begun during the reign of her father, Henry the eighth. So, Oh yes. She got the name bloody Mary because she was trying to get rid of the Protestants and she had over or around 300 Protestants uh, killed at the stake. Um, and then a little bit more of why she was like the OG bloody Mary is because she kept trying to get pregnant and she kept having these false pregnancies Ooh. um and so the legend goes like because she wants these babies yeah um she'll like when you say her name like or the the name bloody, bloody mary, mary yeah in mary. front of the Blood- mirror and what you're supposed to do is have a candle lit and then a mirror and you walk up the stairs backwards and you say her name 13 times oh that's why it didn't work <laughs> why so- would you you tried it
1: so no. I was over at my. I want to say we were probably in like fourth grade, maybe. Uh huh. And I went over to my friend's house, and we went into her bathroom, and we had the candle, and we bloody, ma- and it was very spooky. Yeah. And we like scared each other, and both pretended that we saw somebody in the bathtub. We did not, or I did not, and I'm pretty sure she was lying as well. <laughs> um, it was like Ouija board status, where you're just like, you know, someone's pushing it. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was just spooky because it's spooky. Yeah. But that's all I have for that.
0: Yeah. So they say... But like, there's no
1: staircase. We didn't know the stairs part.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's a key element in that uh, urban legend. And um, they say that she appears, and either she's a friendly ghost or she's not, and like she'll call out your eyes, or she'll wait until she, you have a baby, and she'll come to get the baby. She's a baby snatcher. Because she needs... She wants a baby. She never got to have a baby, so... Okay. Yeah. So that's the OG Bloody Mary. Um, okay. So I'm going to jump into my actual Bloody Mary story. Okay. So... We are drinking Bloody Marys. Yes. So I went the obvious route. I went bloody yeah. for my story. Okay. And I was having some issues finding a story, as you know, because I was, like, coming to you. Yeah. Asking you what I should do. And, uh... Like, asking me, but not. But also being like, I don't want you to know anything about it. Yeah. I didn't want you to give me a story that you
1: already knew. Well, I um, think I think the key difference between us as individuals... Is that I love spoilers. <laughs> I love them. I don't care if someone spoils something; it's not spoiled. I just love knowing information, and I don't really care in the method that it's given to me. Now, that said, if I'm really into a show, like I'm, I'm a little cautious, so I'm being a little dramatic about it. But you are like one of those like fingers in your ears, plug them. No spoilers. Mm. No spoilers. I love Run surprises. Like if
0: someone were to throw me a surprise party or like something, I love surprises. I love <laughs> mystery. I love everything about it, and I love secrets. <laughs> I, <just>, I <laughs> want to keep them all. <laughs> see, I love all
1: those things too, but like I don't care in what Capacity. way they're
0: given or presented yeah. to me. But see, I want your real reaction when you like hear that. Like I love, but your it's like, my reaction regardless. Horrified face. <laughs> yeah, but I gave that to somebody. But I want you to give it to me. Got it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, anyways, Bloody Mary. Yeah. I picked Richard Trenton Chase. Okay. 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 This sounds like, to me, a
1: relatively... uh Recent name. Yeah. That
0: doesn't sound like an old fashioned name. You love old fashioned murders? I do. So this is different sounding to me. Yes, this is good. Okay. Okay. So Richard was born on May twenty third, nineteen fifty. All right. In Santa Clara County in California. Get out of here. Yeah. All right. You Californians with your serial killers. There's <laughs> just so many. There's so many. Um <clears throat> so Richard was raised in a very strict household. His dad often drank and would beat him. His That's mu- also a common theme. Oh. Either you were in a crazy strict household or
1: you were you had shithead, shithead parents and you'd like bopped around. Yeah. I feel like the normally
0: raised don't tend to be not usually I, th- I mean nature versus nurture again. Yeah. Um um, but I was listening to a documentary about Richard, okay. and they were saying how, yes, his father beat him, and he was an like alcoholic, but like at the time, everybody kind of was... Everyone's getting beaten. Everyone's getting beaten, and everyone's kind of drinking a lot, so it wasn't out of the norm, but I think this was a little bit escalated. Okay, um, His mother was mentally ill, and by the age of 12 for Richard, uh, she was seeing two different psychiatrists. Okay. um court ordered and he had oh uh, he also had a younger sister who was four years younger than him okay so by the age of 10 he started setting fires ooh wetting the bed and torturing animals he's hitting the trifecta yes um but he didn't have a head trauma that we know of so he's got that going for him. all right no tea uh, <laughs> by age 13 his family had bad financial troubles and they lost their house um, so in high school, Richard had a handful of girlfriends, but they never lasted long because of his odd behavior and his inability to get an erection. Oh yeah. He started drinking and using drugs. Um, so he started like smoking marijuana and taking LSD and at age 18, he was really bothered by the fact that he couldn't get an erection with girls cause he was physically attracted to yeah. females. Yeah. Um, he's frustrated by what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he wants to go all the way. Uh, so, he went to a psychiatrist, and he learned that the root cause of his impotence was repressed anger. The psychiatrist also thought he might be suffering from a major mental illness, but did not suggest he be committed. Okay. <clears throat> I think you have that's... major issues, but don't seek help.
1: Yeah. Well, there's a difference between being committed mm-hmm. and seeing a therapist regularly and being on medication and... So yeah, is he saying that's that... true.
0: Yeah. Um... Yeah. So Richard then moved out of his parents' home and in with roommates to attend American River College. Um, Mm. His new living arrangements didn't last long, though. His roommates did not like his heavy drug use or that he would constantly walk around nude, even with company over. Or he Mm. uh, even boarded up the closet and the room doors. And so they're like, hey, dude, you're being super weird. Can you can you get out? And Richard was like, no. (laughs) And so the roommates ended up moving out. Oh. So, he had the apartment to himself for a little bit, but then, obviously, he couldn't afford it, so he, uh, moves So, back. is this, I, yeah. I'm just kind of doing quick math, like, we're 70s? Yeah. Born Yeah, born yeah in 70s. 50, yeah, 70s he's college-ish yeah, yeah. age. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so he moves back in with his mother, but at this point, he is starting to lose his mind. He yeah. starts to think that Nazis are after him. Well, like that's the time frame like i don't know that he is uh schizophrenic
1: but mm-hmm. like there's a lot of stuff that like in your early 20s late like that's where that's when it that's develops, when yeah
0: yeah you know, not just schizophrenia but you can start kind of getting some of that some of that stuff bubbles up yeah so he's thinking nazis are after him and they are paying his mother to poison him mm. and so his father is like i can't we can't do this anymore yeah so he purchases an apartment for Richard, and he's like, "Get out of the house." And at this point, so- shortly after the parents out do- of sight, out of mind, he's yeah. probably not being weird in that apartment it's that I got him. Fine, yeah. And so uh, at this point, the parents do divorce when he okay. turns like twenty-two. And so now Richard has his own apartment and he's like, you know what? I feel like the doctors aren't able to find a cure for me. So okay. but you know what? I I have figured out the yeah, cure. Yeah. And um he's like, all I have to do is start eating various like animal parts. Mm-hmm. So he starts to capture, kill, and disembowel various animals, which he would then eat raw. He would even make himself smoothies with the entrails and add Coca-Cola. Oh, your face. Oh. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like it would
1: smell and taste horrible. Yeah.
0: yeah. Like raw. That is so gross. Yeah. Yeah. It gets worse. Ooh. So he developed hypochondria from his drug and alcohol abuse, which led him to I the... I he's... Okay, yeah. yeah. So he's t- self-medicating. Yes. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, because of this uh, abuse, uh, this led him to the hospital emergency room a lot okay. in search of help. And he um, always would go in with a list of ailments. He would say that someone had stolen his pulmonary artery, <gasps> that his stomach was backward, his blood was turning to powder, and that his heart had stopped beating. Like, what's here's what's so sad about that. If you work in
1: the hospital, like, you know, like, if you think your blood has turned to powder you're manic about like you're very concerned yeah so like to him it's real and he's freaking out and he's going to the hospital like that's such a sad
0: scenario yeah and he's going in repeatedly yeah all the time so you know they know him and they're just like what's his name richard yeah they're just like richard's here again um so he was diagnosed as being a paranoid schizophrenic oh there we go and spent a short time under psychiatric uh observation but was soon released Okay. Uh, so in 1975, he was again hospitalized, uh, but this time for blood poisoning because he injected himself with the blood of a rabbit he had killed.
1: I can see in his, where he's. He's thinking that the, yeah. he's thinking yeah. his blood is bad. So he Here's, used to, he's, there's a lot of
0: stuff that's like inward and his. Yeah. Yeah. And so during his stay, um, many patients and nurses were frightened by him and referred to him as Dracula. Um, because he was frequently found with blood smeared on his face, which he claimed it was from cutting himself shaving, but then they realized that he had started capturing birds through his window and he would capture This is at the
1: hospital. This is at the
0: hospital. He would capture the birds, snap their necks and (laughs) drink the blood out of their bodies.
1: Where do you find this shit? Okay.
0: <laughs> um, okay, so after undergoing various treatments involving um, psychotropic drugs, Richard was deemed no longer a danger to society. What what year? In uh, 1976. Okay. Uh, so in 1976, he was released into the custody of his parents, but his mother decided he was fine and weaned him off his drugs. His meds.
1: That's like a thing. Okay, so... And this is not really rooted in anything other than like an anecdotal story I heard. When you get someone who is schizophrenic onto the correct medication,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I think bipolar—I think uh, bipolar is similar in that once you're on the medicine, you you feel drugged. And especially with manic with manic depressives or bipolar,s you lose the highs. Mm-hmm. You don't have the lows, but you lose those highs. So you feel just kind of underwater. Yeah. Um, and if you're schizophrenic, you you don't, you're not having all that scary shit anymore. So you're like, I'm better. So you quit. There's a. It's mm-hmm. hard to keep them on the medicine. Yeah because they start feeling better and they don't think they need it anymore Mm -hmm. and they start going off of it. And the way it was described to me was that once you find, like it's hard to find your levels. So you mess with like, this is too much, this is too little. So when you finally get the right levels, if you go off, you'll never really get it that good again. Like you try and mess with the levels again, but you're never going to get them as perfect as you had them before. So each time they go off, it's harder and harder
0: to get it to level out. Yeah, that's awful. And it's just like, so like his, to have it not even be spurred by him, but his mom being like, mother, ah, I don't take your medicine anymore. It's also mentally oh, ill. Oh, I forgot about that. And seeing a psychiatrist. Like she, you know yeah. what I mean? Like she should not have been the one in custody of him. Yeah. And like, I get it. He was going back and forth between his mother and his father because they were yeah. divorced. Um, But the mother should not have yeah. had that uh, authority. So um, they then again, again, get him an apartment. And they're like, they get him off his drugs, his meds, and they get him in another apartment. And their parental custody uh, is gone after a year. So now he is like fully on his own. Okay. So he's in this apartment and he begins to capture, torture, kill, and drink the blood of animals, uh, such as rabbits, dogs, cats. And on occasion, he killed and ate neighbor's pets. And because he's still like, we're still Santa Clara, right? We're still kind of Bay Area ish. Yeah, yeah. like Sacramento kind of area. Yeah. Yeah. And so he would capture his neighbor's pets kill them eat them and um at least once he contacted the neighbor by phone to explain what he had done what yeah imagine
1: that phone call
0: <laughs> god i was trying to i'm trying to imagine earlier just how creepy that would be like hey so i uh
1: i told you how crazy it was dog? we had so we had uh you know cat cats growing up i had brujita my brother had mad martigan <laughs> and when we got a dog our cats were like peace out we do not want to be in this yard with this dog And Brie just like hung out out front and then would come home at night to get fed. And Ma'am Martigan was like, uh, screw you guys. For a little while, he'd come home and get fed at night. But then our like lovely old people that lived across the, you know, on the other side of the fence from us, they just kind of like absorbed him and they started feeding him. And like then years went by where we just like, we'd see him out in the neighborhood and pet him and like, but he was not really our cat anymore. Like our neighbors had kind of taken him. And then one day my brother's home alone. He's probably in high school and he gets the... The neighbor, the neighbor comes over and like knocks on the door, and uh, my brother answers the door, and they go, uh, "Here's your cat back. It died the other day. We've had this in our garage, and it's just like no. a brown paper Safeway bag, no. with a like a cat stiff, no. rigor mortis <laughs> foot sticking
0: out the top." And my brother's just like, oh, and then they leave. Like, like what kind of crazy old people are you? Sweet, then you just had to sit at home with this. Then my dead brother's just cat. like here's
1: my dead cat. And then my dad came home and was like, Well, I mean let's bury it in the backyard.
0: <laughs> so insane. Old people are the weirdest. Yeah. They're just like, ah, fuck it.
1: I mean, I can understand like letting us know our cat died. They didn't like, need to bring it over. You did not need to leave it in your garage for a couple <laughs> days. And then bring it over
0: and leave it with a child. You didn't need to do that. Yeah. Once you saw the child and the parents were home, you're like, I'll come back. Yeah. Like maybe
1: have that bag behind your back. I don't
0: know. Or around the corner. Something. <sighs> That's creepy. Yeah. That's super creepy. All right. So <laughs> telling somebody that their pet died, there's different ways to go about it. Yeah. Well, I feel like I always feel like this is a call for help. Yeah, to a certain extent. I don't know. Or he doesn't think it's strange at all. Or do, Yeah, it's more... He probably doesn't think... You'll see he probably doesn't okay. later, uh, actually. So, at the same time... This is all going on. He gets really into firearms and purchases several handguns. <laughs> <laughs> and he would often go... Um, A political debate. <laughs> yes. He would often go out shooting, like practice okay. religiously. So he became fascinated by the crimes of the Hillside Strangler. Oh, jeez! And he believed the Strangler was also the victim of Nazi UFO conspiracies that he believed he was the victim of. Sure. Um, and so Richard became so caught up in all of his new hobbies that he would forget to take care of himself. He would often forget to bathe, brush Mm -hmm. his teeth, and he went on that entrail and Coca-Cola smoothie diet. So he dropped down to like one forty five and he's five eleven. Oh wow. And the normal like weight for a five eleven male is like one fifty five to one eighty nine. Yeah. So he's rail thin. Yeah. So one day in nineteen seventy seven Richard rang his mother's doorbell and greeted her by thrusting a dead cat in her face. He then threw the cat on the ground, knelt down, ripped its stomach open with his bare hands, stuck his hands inside the cat, smearing its blood all over his face while screaming. His mother calmly returned um, to the inside of her house and did not report the incident to anyone.
1: Oh, my God. It's just so sad that there's so many... It didn't... Obviously, this is going to take a turn and get murderous. Yeah. Like, human murderous.
0: And it's just so sad to hear all this, like, obviously crazy shit. That should have been reported and yeah. should have been... Yeah. He should have never been released. And So, on August 3rd, 1977, Nevada State Police discovered Richard's Ford uh, Ranchero lodged in a sand drift near Pyramid Lake, Nevada. Oh, okay. Inside were two rifles, a pile of clothes, a bucket full of blood, no. and a liver the officers tracked down richard who was naked and yep. screaming and uh he was like covered in blood head to toe and when questioned he claimed that the blood was his own and that it had leaked out of his own flesh they leaked out of his flesh yeah okay uh that whole blood thing again yeah they arrested him and tested the blood in the liver to see who it belonged yeah. to and it was actually f- all from a cow oh so they're like, okay, well, twist. stop being a weirdo. Yeah. But this is fine. You you can go. Yeah. So on December 27th, seventh, nineteen, Which I,
1: get, I... Yeah. I'm not going to fault them, really. Where the what fuck is you, that like, cow? It's fucking weird. No, but where the fuck is that cow? I get it. I would maybe be like, Richard, you have a doctor? You see a doctor normally? Yeah. What your medicine? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah.
0: I don't know. I just want to know about the cow. I don't even know. All right. On December 27th. I feel like you can get weird shit at a butcher shop. I don't think he's a guy who's going to go to a butcher. I guess that's true. But I
1: feel like you could go to a butcher and they would give you, if you paid them, they'd give you a bucket of blood and they'd give you a liver.
0: Yes. Yes. Fine. (laughs) It's possible you found some
1: cow out in the field.
0: All right. On December 27th, 1977. So a couple months later. Slightly after Christmas. Thank you, Jackie. Mm -hmm. (laughs)
1: Just giving myself context.
0: It's crisp winter air. Um, Richard fired a twenty-two caliber handgun into the home of a Sacramento woman. A police a uh, police search, a police search of the woman's house, found the slug in her kitchen. No one was harmed. He just shot into a house with yeah. a twenty-two. So they don't know who this twenty-two belongs to. Yeah. Somebody just fires into a house. Well, a twenty-two is not really a high caliber gun, so. I'm impressed by its travel Yeah, in this story. Um, And then on December 29th, a couple of days later, uh, Richard- Almost New Year's. Thank you, Jackie. (laughs) (laughs) I need to keep track of how many times you interrupt. (laughs) Um, Richard kills his first victim in Uh. a drive-by shooting weird yeah which is usually serial killers are very hand-on yeah yeah yeah. so the victim was ambrose griffin he's a 51 year old engineer and father of two and he was helping his wife bringing groceries to oh, their that's home so, sad. so they they pull up into the driveway they both get out of the car she obviously takes the first load in She's yeah in the house he's getting the second load and uh richard drives by shoots him and it's such a small wound, yeah. and he, he she doesn't see the blood at first. That she comes back out and thinks her husband had a heart attack. Yeah, and so when the paramedics come, they're like, "Oh, actually, he's been shot." Whoa. Yeah, and so oh, those
1: guys seemed so senseless to them.
0: No, it was it was just a senseless drive-by shooting. Yeah, and they the cops attributed to it just a like a joy killing. Someone just yeah. wanted to kill. Wow. Um. So on January eleventh, also like a week. Or so later, um, Richard, we're now in 1978, Richard yeah. asked his neighbor for a cigarette and then forcibly restrained her until she gave him an entire pack. Okay. But again, that wasn't reported. Yeah. So two weeks later, he attempted to enter the home of another woman, but finding that the doors were locked, he went into her backyard and walked away. Chase later told detective. sorry, Richard later yeah. told detectives that he took uh, locked doors as a sign that he was not welcome, but that unlocked doors were an invitation to come inside. While well, lock my doors sometimes. I always walk, lock my doors because of this. You
1: know what? We tell each other enough scary stories. <laughs> I lock my
0: door more often. Yeah. You have to. I don't, my house is weird. I, uh... That's where they would get you. Yeah. Jackie. Okay. Okay. Lock your doors. She locks her doors, everyone. Well, from now on, I do. You can't even tell my house is a house. And she has a guard jog. And guns. Two of them. Okay. So, while wandering around. And booby traps. And booby traps. <laughs> it's like Home Alone in there. So, Richard is wandering around, and he encounters a girl named Nancy Holden, with whom he attended high school with. He attempted to get a ride from her, but she was like, oh my god, you smell and look like and he's also like just come into her house, a freak. No, no, no. Sorry. This is a, he's oh, wandering around. I thought he wandered into her house and no, she's no, like, no. dude, you smell, I'm not giving you a ride. And he'd be like,
1: I'm concerned that you're in my home.
0: No, no. So he wanders away from these homes cause they're locked and he runs into Nancy and she's just like, bro, you look terrifying yeah. and you smell terrifying. Red flag. Okay. Um, and so he then go goes, with your gut. Goes, go with your gut. He then went down the street where he broke into a home of a young married couple Stole some of their valuables, urinated into the drawer of their infant's clothing, and defecated on their son's bed. The couple came home while Richard was still in the house. The husband attacked him, but Richard escaped. Oof. So it's such a it's such a like power move to be like, this is mine. Yeah. Not yours. To a baby's. To a baby's area. Yeah. Yeah. So Richard continued to attempt to enter homes until he came across the home of David and Teresa Wallen. David was at work, and Teresa... So far, is... he's only killed one person. He's killed the guy he shot getting groceries. Okay. Yep. So Teresa is... three. What, how far off from that time frame are we? Is that earlier in couple the A couple weeks. A okay. couple weeks. couple um, weeks. It was like two weeks into January. It's like three Three weeks. A month. Maybe okay. a month has gone by. almost Groundhog's Day. I don't know when that is, but sure. February 2nd. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, anywho, Teresa <laughs> is three months pregnant. Oh, and was in the middle of taking out the garbage and she had left her front door unlocked. No. Seeing that Taking the... the garbage out. Yeah. Yeah. Seeing that the door was unlocked, Richard put a twenty-two caliber bullet in the mailbox. What? Yes. And then surprised Teresa in the house and shot her three times. Once in the hand as a defensive wound yeah. and twice in her head, killing her. Ugh. Richard then dragged her body to the bedroom. Oh no, he's gonna! He didn't do weird blood things and raped her postmortem Ugh. while repeatedly stabbing it. Oh, stabbing her corpse with a butcher knife. Ugh. When he had finished, he carved the corpse up open and removed several of her internal organs using a bucket to collect the blood, and then taking it in the bathroom to bathe in it. He then sliced off her nipple and drank her blood using an empty yogurt container as a drinking glass. Before leaving, he went into the yard, found a pile of dog feces, and returned to stuff it into the corpse's mouth and throat.
1: I mean, he's just off his rocker.
0: Ugh. Yeah. Your stories are the worst. I'm sorry. I forgot to warn everyone that this is extremely graphic. We should come up with some sort of, like, tone or a little, like, doo, 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 hey, doo, hey, 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 oh. it's about to get <laughs> real horrible. Oh, God. So, yeah, if you haven't turned away yet, you're going to need to. If you There's are...
1: more horrible shit? It gets a lot worse. Just when I think your shit's as bad as it's going to get, it, you, like,
0: warn me it's going to get worse. Oh. I don't like it. It's going to keep getting worse, guys. I'm so sorry. I thought mine was horrible. Yours is always more horrible. <laughs> and, like, the thing is, I've heard this story... Like I knew You've of, heard this, story? I, I know of this murder, yeah, and but I, whoever I heard it from, didn't put it, or wherever I read it from, just didn't put in as many details as I found, mm-hmm. and I, I, I'm very interested in all the details because it's, and then you like go too far for yourself, yeah, but like I need to, it's it's what happened and I want to know like exactly. Mark Anthony, you need to know, I need to know, I just need <laughs> it. <laughs> um, so he leaves Teresa, so. On january twenty third, nineteen seventy eight, not quite Groundhog's Day, <laughs> two <laughs> days after killing Teresa, Richard purchased two puppies no. from a neighbor and he didn't care what gender they were, and he then killed them and drank the drank their blood and he left their bodies in the neighbor's front lawn. It's gonna get worse. So do we know what kind of puppies they were? No. Okay puppies too many puppies (laughs) too many puppies primus okay on january 27th also a couple days later richard entered the home of 38 year old evelyn meroth who was babysitting her 22 month old nephew david also present in the home was evelyn's six-year-old son jason and dan meredith who was a neighbor who had come over to check on evelyn okay Evelyn was in um, t- taking a bath while Dan watched the children and he went into the front hallway when Richard enters the home and Richard sees him and he shoots Dan in the head point blank. Um, Richard then turned to the corpse or turned the corpse over and stole Dan's wallet and car keys. And Jason hearing all this noise runs to his mother's bedroom where Richard fatally shot him twice in the head. And on the way to killing Jason, Jason Richard also shot David, the 22 month old oh. baby. Um, and then Richard then entered the bathroom and fatally shot Evelyn once in the head. He dragged her corpse into the bedroom. This is really graphic warning, uh, where he um, started to sodomize her and drink her blood at the same time by like cutting slices into the back of her neck. And medical examiners reported that there is an excessive amount of semen in the corpse's rectum. Um, when Richard had finished, he stabbed her at least half a dozen times in the anus. The knife penetrating her uterus. He stabbed her in several, or in in a series of vital points on the body, which caused blood from an, her internal organs to pool into her abdomen, Ugh. which he I then have... sorry, which he then sliced open and drained into a bucket. He then consumed all of the blood. Ew, yeah. Your face.
1: Well, I'm just, like just from a pure volume. Even if that was water, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. But just the volume of that consumption, yeah. And then you think about what it
0: is, yeah. Ugh. Um. Are you done? No. It gets, Ugh. It gets worse. How does it get worse? There's nothing left. It gets worse. I'm so sorry.
1: Everybody needs to let us know if Dray needs is a cool it with these details. <laughs> Please write in. Follow, get on our Instagram. Get on our Facebook. If she needs to knock it off, I won't. I'll fight with you. <laughs>
0: or if you need to know all the details like me. Or,
1: yeah, be like, Jackie, calm down. It's supposed to be gross.
0: Or I'll just tell you everything in the blog.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Right, what else happens?
0: Okay, so Richard then went to retrieve David's corpse. No, I don't Which is hear about it. The one who's a old half-year-old. Kid. Yeah. And uh, he... Took him to the bathroom and split his skull open in the bathtub and consumed some of the brain matter. Ugh. Um, Outside the house, a six-year-old girl who was supposed to have a playdate with Jason no. had a... Uh, she knocked, She came up the steps and she knocked on the door, which startled Richard, and he fled the residence. Ugh. And he stole Dan's car because he had taken his keys. And, uh, the girl runs off and, like, t- tells her mom. That little girl is an adult right now. Yeah. That's awful. So, the neighbor broke, uh, so the girl goes back, informs the neighbor. The neighbor comes over to the house and breaks in and discovers oh, just the- just finds mayhem. Discovers the bodies and contacts the authorities. Upon entering the home, police discovered that Richard had left perfect handprints and perfect imprints of the soles of his shoes and Evelyn's blood. Ugh. Richard, meanwhile, took David's corpse home with him. No. Oh, this part is so bad. I don't need to know it. I'm so sorry. So he took David's corpse home, and he chopped off his penis. He then sliced Mm. the corpse open and consumed several internal organs and made smoothies out of others. This is obviously the worst story you've ever told me. I'm so sorry. Like Think back on all of them. I think this is the worst the more, the most gruesome, for sure. I feel like the toolbox one was really bad, which I didn't tell you. You told me.
1: I didn't tell you all the details of it because it was so horrible. I'm so sorry. You got
0: curious and read about how horrible it was.
1: All right, continue. <laughs> He's doing horrible things to a baby.
0: Um, finally, disposing of the corpse by at a nearby church, of course. Um, so after this murder, FBI agents Russ Vork. Vor Pagel and Robert uh, Ressler were called in to investigate. They compiled a profile of the killer. Okay. They also have his fucking fingerprints. Yes. But I mean, it's the 70s. Everyone was doing whatever the fuck. You know, I will
1: allow your this is the 70s because (laughs) there's no other explanation. Yeah. For how you aren't there later that day.
0: Yeah. Okay. So they determined that the killer would be a tall, malnourished a loner, physically unclean. With the fingerprints that match these swirls. (laughs) (laughs) And that most importantly, he would continue to kill. Yeah. So they get a tip off for Richard and that like, oh, I think Richard, this guy did it. Yeah. And they see that he has bought a 22 caliber gun recently. So they go to his apartment to talk to him. And Richard was like, um, it's not a good time, guys. Could you come back later? Meanwhile, there's a dead baby in his apartment. Yeah. Yeah. So,
1: F- I have a hard time with, there's a lot of stories where there's, like, you can't fault the police because they don't, know, but they're just these, the dead bodies in the trunk, the yeah. dead bodies in the apartment, yeah. the, oh, I hate, I hate the close call, and, like, yeah. if it's a TV show, like,
0: you're just, you're side by side, and you just, the mayhem. Oh. No, like, in the last episode, was the last one? In one of our episodes, you were talking about how you like that the cops have these checks and balances, so they can't infringe on your rights to. I know. <laughs> in <laughs> your eyes i'm a constant contradiction i am a constant contradiction oh i hate it so i don't know at why the at isn't he like a
1: slimy and like doesn't he match their profile
0: to a t yeah and he's like i'm sorry guys i'm real busy yeah but like so i don't know why they don't have a search warrant at this point Well, because yeah a judge has to give you a search warrant <sighs> so anyways the fbi agents wait down the hall Until Richard has to leave his apartment. And when he leaves, he's carrying a blood-soaked box. We call that probable cause. Yes. Get him, guys. Uh, They then entered... Okay, this is going to be really bad. How does it keep getting worse? I'm so sorry. He's a cannibal. Okay. So they enter Richard's apartment. And they find that the walls, floor, ceiling, refrigerator... And all of his eating and drinking utensils are soaked in blood. On the counter was the blender that Richard would use to make his smoothies. It was caked in coagulated blood and the rotting matter of internal organs. Inside the refrigerator, police found several animal body parts wrapped in aluminum foil. David's brains in a Tupperware container and pieces of his body wrapped in saran wrap. And several of Evelyn and Teresa's internal organs. Ugh! On another counter were several pet collars. On his kitchen table, he had spread out numerous di- diagrams depicting various aspects of human biology. Jesus! A calendar showed the inscription "Today?" Question mark. On the dates of the of the previous murders that had just happened. Oh. And. The same word was written on 44 more dates yet to come during the year. Oof. Where is his head at? His head is just... It's not there. It's gone. He's completely... Do you know what he's not? What? Anemic. (laughs) Oh, my God. Nope. (laughs) Nope. He's got a lot of iron in him. a lot of iron. He's doing well. (laughs) Good job. Um, So in 1979, Richard stood trial on six counts of murder. In order to avoid the death penalty, the defense tried to have Richard found guilty of second-degree murder, which would result in a life sentence. Their case hinged on Richard's history of mental illness and the lack of planning in his crimes, evidence that they were not premeditated. On May 8th, the jury found Richard guilty of six counts of first-degree murder. The defense asked for a clemency hearing in which a judge determined that Richard was not legally insane. Richard was sent. I mean, he's insane. He is fucking insane, but I feel like the judicial system gets so hell
1: bent on justice mm-hmm. that sometimes they get clouded in the insanity part of it. I, mm. <laughs> you're so
0: frustrated. I am. So. He's so obviously crazy. Obviously crazy.
1: What I'm saying is he should be in an asylum and never leave. Yeah. You can't, there's no, you're not, that is, biology is botched on that one. And now we just need to take care of him. Yeah. And it is not fair to him or to other prisoners to put him in a regular prison with no services. Yeah.
0: No, I agree. No, I agree. Definitely. Ugh. Um, so he's found guilty and, um, he ascends to die at the gas chamber. Um, this wait- is in California? Yeah. In the seventies.
1: That comes into play
0: with mine. <laughs> Waiting to die. Late seventies, right? Late seventies. Yeah. Yeah. Waiting to die, Richard became a feared presence in prison. Yeah,
1: because he's fucking nuts. Yeah,
0: the other inmates, including several gang members aware of the graphic and bizarre nature of his crimes, feared him. And according to prison officials, they often tried to convince Chase or Richard to commit suicide. Um, I'm surprised he didn't get murdered for what he did to a kid. I think they kept him in solitary. So, yeah, Seg. Yeah, too <laughs> too fearful to get close enough to him to kill them themselves. So they oh. were too afraid to get close to him. Uh, Richard also Oof. also granted a series of interviews with one of the FBI agents Robert uh, Resler during which he spoke of his fears of Nazis and UFOs cl- claiming that although he had killed it was not his fault he had been forced to He's so
1: bananas yeah
0: he had been forced to kill to keep himself alive which he believed any person would do he asked Resler to give him access to a radar gun with which he would apprehend the Nazi UFOs see <sighs>
1: You know, like, we both watched Mindhunter. Yeah. And, like, to me, the idea of interviewing the Ed Kemper, like, to interview the very sophisticated, really smart, um, screw-loose
0: serial killers. Makes sense.
1: The, this guy is, he's just batshit crazy. Yeah. It's like banana phones and, like... like, And his
0: IQ is 95. Yeah, he's so, average intelligence. Yeah, yeah. And, like, he didn't do very... I mean, he did okay. He did average in school. He kept C's. No, he's, he's yeah. just nuts. Yeah. Ah, oh. I'm sorry, Jackie. Um, So he wanted this radar gun to apprehend Nazi UFOs and so that Nazis could stand trial for the murders yeah. that he committed. He also handed Resler a large amount of macaroni and cheese, which he had been hoarding in his pant pocket. I mean... believing that the prison officials were in league with the Nazis and attempting to kill him. This is why, this is why he shouldn't be in prison. Yeah. He should be in a hospital. So on December 26th, 1980, how is there more? You're giving me that face (laughs) that there's more. He's doing more shit. What happened? Okay. In 1980, a guard doing cell checks found Richard lying awkwardly on his bed, not breathing. An autopsy determined that Richard committed suicide with an overdose of prison doctor uh, prescribed antidepressants, and they had been saving uh, that he had been saving yeah, up for the been. last several weeks. Oh, gross story, Dre. You're welcome. And thank you, Shelby, for picking Bloody Mary, so yeah, I could pick good call. the bloodiest story oh. I could think of, and that was the story of Richard Trenton Chase. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a save. Definitely top two grossest stories. I'll
1: give credit to one that I'm forgetting. Okay. I was like, top two. Like, what's worse? I don't
0: know. Okay. That was horrible. I'm sorry. Well, I mean, you didn't do it. I told you, like, while I was researching, I was audibly saying, what the fuck? Yeah. What the fuck?
1: Mine, I was doing the same thing, but it was like, what the fuck? (laughs) It was different.
0: Different. Yeah. Intonation. Yeah. Yeah, I see that now. (laughs) You know, you don't get tone in a text message. You don't get tone. <laughs> All right, should we make the second version? Yeah, of these we'll make Bloody these zingsangs. Zing zing. All right, so mine. Wait a minute. Yeah. Can we talk about something? Yes. We took a little intermission. Oh, and we yeah, made yeah. another Bloody Mary. Yes. And I hated it. Like
1: immediately, Tate. Like that was a very guttural reaction. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> I was like, you get were n- it get it out of my mouth not a fan (laughs) um and i went ooh, (laughs) so flavorful and it
0: tastes like a bloody mary (laughs) i'm a
1: fan of zing zang if you're gonna buy a mix zing
0: zang all day all right now you're not gonna buy it because you you don't like it i hate bloody marys (laughs) but i kind of like the other one because it didn't taste spicy and crazy and it just tasted like tomato vegetable juice yeah, which I, I could get down with
1: this is this is i didn't have to like go looking for things to make it spicier mm. it could be spicier it would be better served by some stuff in there but i'm not willing to do it
0: yeah so just run of the mill just quick bloody marys at home this yep. is what you'd get zing zang <laughs> bang bang <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right now you can get into your murder
1: okay so uh my murder took place on august 8th 1969 okay the perpetrators were Tex Watson, Susan Atkins, Linda Casabian, and Patricia Krenwinkel. <laughs> That's a good name. I think I pronounced those all correctly. Um, these were all members of the Manson family.
0: Ooh. Ooh.
1: All right. <laughs> all right. Um, they were told, so I'll give this a little bit of context. Uh, there's so much to this story, and there's so much to all of that. I'm definitely not going to cover it all. This is fascinating. This is the tip of the iceberg, just scratching the surface. There are a million amazing documentaries on YouTube. There's full-length uh, feature films. Quentin Tarantino, almost one year from now, like July, late July of 2019, mm-hmm. has a movie coming out. It is called Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and it will be based on no, the Sharon Tate murder no. the Tate murders. Oh, no way. So
0: there there's there's a
1: lot. Uh so I'm just going to kind of briefly touch on just the just the murder uh of Sharon Tate and the people that were in her home that night. Um so Manson who has his own checkered past like there's a whole story there of like just In and out of children's homes and prison and just the like in the system in every way, Um, and he is cuckoo for cocoa (laughs) pops. If you watch a video of him talking, oh yeah, he's he is out of there nuts. Yeah, so you try and put yourself in the place of somebody like it's. The late sixties it's flower power it's communes and l s d and acid trips um so he's finding these like really young kind of disillusioned susceptible for the most part women, but there's also men mm-hmm. um and he so he found this guy, so he's old he was like a a blind ninety year old man who had a ranch that they used to film episodes of Bonanza on like it was near Hollywood um, and Manson convinces this old guy to let him and his commune, like him and his people live on the ranch for free in exchange for manual labor mm-hmm. that they'll work. Cause the guy also, I think most of his money's made like uh, renting horses and letting people go on like horseback rides. So they run that. So they're running this like free love hippy dippy flower power k- commune cult at this ranch where they're kind of like working a day job, but then like Manson has kind of has control over everybody. And he tells like, you're having sex with me. You're having sex with that person. Um, you're taking all this LSD. Like there's people who all of this is very convoluted. Cause they're like, I've dropped acid at least 300 times. Oh wow. Um, and like, and he's quoted as saying like, if you're just constantly taking LSD, um, you don't know how to live in a non psychotropic uh, existence and you're just a zombie, and you're so some of this can be explained, and uh, I'll loosely say, excused, but not excused by the fact that they're just drugged. Yeah, they're drugged in a part of all of this, and they're young and they're brainwashed, but they're also doing it.
0: Yeah, so, it so like every morning they wake up, and he's like, Okay, here's your morning, and he takes LSD? less than they do. Yeah.
1: So like they're way more high than he is. But he's still taking it. He's taking it or he's not taking it or he's pretending to take like it. Micro-dosing. But, he's, but he's definitely not as high as they are. Okay. So he becomes obsessed with becoming a famous musician. He's obsessed with the Beatles. The reason he like he calls his lifestyle helter skelter after the Beatles song um he 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 is he wants to be the Beatle. Like, that is, he comes up with this whole kooky, like, they're going to go down a hole, and everyone, there's going to be 140,000 people in this hole in the afterlife. Like, there's this whole nutso.
0: Scientology kind of. Yeah, kind of idea. Rudely, yeah.
1: um, but he also, like, he runs into one of the Beach Boys. Like, one of the Beach Boys has this, like, relationship with Charles Manson um, that involves hitchhiking and, like, Kind of be in friends with them, but like they're not a part of any of these these crimes. But they definitely like brush shoulders, mm-hmm. and it gets so far as one of the songs that Manson wrote was recorded by the Beach Boys and is a B side on one of their albums, but he's not credited as oh. the composer. Did that make him mad? Um, he was mad that like not I don't think at the Beach Boys. but like he was mad that he was not getting taken seriously in the music industry. He kept making these connections. And I'm going to read between the lines, coming across as a fucking nutso. Yeah. So I'll bet part of why his music career isn't taking off is that he's, like, he's crazy. And I'm sure in interactions with him, they're like, whoo, that guy is nuts. <laughs> Let's not interact with him. So he's kind of mad at this guy, Melcher, who's a music producer, who the relationship starts off pretty good with him, but then it kind of sours and Melcher's like, uh I'm not going to record with Manson. So he's super mad at him. So he knows where Melcher used to live up in the Hollywood Hills. He knows that Melcher doesn't live there anymore, but he's gathered members of his Manson family and he's told them to go to that house that Melcher used to live at. Totally destroy everyone in it as gruesome as you can.
0: Mm -mm. No.
1: So he sends off Tex Watson And he tells them, and he tells, so Susan Atkins, Linda Kasabian, and Patricia Krenwinkel, those three women, they're all like 19 at the time. Yeah. Or close to. And he tells them, you listen to Tex Watson, you do everything that he says. And he tells Tex, you take them up there and make it horrible. Because he's trying to send a message to Melcher. Got it. And later it kind of bubbles out where one of them is like, oh, he wanted us to kill everybody on the street. Like that whole street. Yeah. And things happened and we left and we didn't kill everyone on the street but it wasn't supposed to be just that house
0: shit
1: so tex watson's this big like kind of football player looking guy um susan atkins is this kind of like uh creepy she looked like she'd be in slytherin house uh. um and patricia Krenwinkle uh, they just look like 70s people so linda kasabian has only been a part of the the manson family for like a month So she's very new. So she's not, like, super drugged. She's not super enmeshed in their culture yet. Um, The only reason she's invited along is because she has a valid driver's license. Oh, no. So she's told, you're going to drive all these guys up to the house, um, but you're not going to go in the house.
0: You're just the driver. So she
1: knows, like, I'm under the impression that she knows that they're going up there for mayhem, and that I I think she's under the impression that they're going to kill them. I can't know that for sure. But the idea is that... At least in Tex's mind, who's and Tex is going to be telling everybody what to do. That she's not going to be a part of the gruesome murders. So, uh, in this home that used to be Melcher's, is it belongs to director Roman Polanski. Does that name? Mm-hmm. And do you know his whole like weird backstory? Kind of. So he like doesn't live in America anymore because uh, he. Raped a thirteen year old girl. Like yeah. he's in trouble for pedophilia in America yeah. and he can't come back here and there's like arguments over extradition. So this is back in the seventies. So he's younger than he obviously than he is now. So director Roman Polanski, his wife, actress and model Sharon Tate, she's eight and a half months pregnant with their son. Uh her friend and former lover Jay Sebring.
0: Her friend So slash former lover. Sharon
1: Tate used to used to date Jay Sebring
0: and they're now they're out. just friends okay
1: Polanski's friend and aspiring screenwriter this dude's name Wojcik uh, okay. Frykowski is the last name so I'll refer to him as Frykowski, Um and his lover Abigail Folger She's the heiress to the Folgers coffee fortune.
0: No way.
1: So you've got this famous director, oh, no. his famous model actress uh, wife. Yeah, who's pregnant. Her former, yeah, her former lover. Then you've got this aspiring screen screenwriter and his lover who's the heiress to the Folgers coffee fortune. Dang. Um, Roman Polanski's not there. He's in Europe filming a movie and Sharon Tate had been there with him and she had only returned home three weeks prior. Because she's expecting to have this baby. Yeah, yeah. Quincy Jones is friends with Sebring, so her former lover. Uh Quincy Jones is friends with that guy and he was supposed to accompany him to the house to hang out (gasps) and just decided not to go.
0: What? Oh my God. Yeah. To this day, he's like, oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God.
1: Okay, so that's who's at the house and they're all just hanging out. So uh, after midnight, so they have Kasabian drive them there. So they drive up She drops off. Watson gets out of the car. So Tex Watson gets out. He climbs a telephone pole and he cuts the line to the house. So they don't have the ability to call the police. That is
0: terrifying. I read that and that like
1: gave me chills. No.
0: Because someone could do that now and you're like, well, I have my cell phone, you weirdo. Yeah, a lot of people don't even have landlines anymore. (laughs) Power of the cell
1: phone. Uh... So then he gets back in the car. They go down. They drive and they park the car at the bottom of the hill. And they, they, they all... have
0: no idea this is going on yet. You know they don't. They no. They're, they're, they're not, not on their phone. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Jesus. So they hike back up the hill, and uh, they're walking around. So then. Uh, they oh so there's like a gate like it's kind of like a compoundish house it's a very large sprawling sprawling property uh they climb over this like bushy part of the fence gate and they drop over because they think that like part of it might be electrified or so they like sneakily climb up and over and drop down
0: are they on lsc right now
1: um i don't know that they're they're probably high but yeah. i don't know for a fact that they're high then they kind of walk around oh and so now they've all dropped over so now they're like gonna start creeping towards the house and a car like they see headlights approaching and there's a car that's going to be going out the gate so watson tells the women to hide in the bushes and he stops the car like tells the star the car you got to stop there's an 18 year old Stephen parent who was visiting the caretaker so there's a guest house on the property and there's a caretaker that leaves there and like takes care of gardening oh, and like no. around the house so steven was just like visiting that dude yeah and he's on his way home and gets stopped by these people
0: i would not stop why would you stop because you're in the compound someone is on the property yeah so you probably think
1: <sighs> i would think you
0: probably would stop no it's dark time it's dark time i'm not stopping yeah <laughs> I mean, on this, like, like say... He's standing in front of your car. Ah uh, Yeah, but you're always on this property. You know who's supposed to be there and who's not. You don't.
1: He's an 18-year-old kid visiting his friend, and they're staying in the guest house. He has no idea. He knows that there's a party going on at the house. Okay. Okay. So, anyway, uh, Watson brandishes a gun, and he... There's, like, some sort of... Like, Stephen has a really deep cut on his hand. Yeah. And uh his watch was like cut off of his wrist. And then he's shot four times. Aww. Uh then they like push his car up the driveway and like kind of out of the way. Kasabian, so again, she's the one who's new to the Manson family, she's told, walk around this house, find an open window. So she like wanders around, she finds an open window, she goes back and tells Tex, he goes and he says, You wait at the car, like you wait at this kid's car, so like not down the hill. Yeah. You're here, you're gonna be our lookout. If you see anyone, you have to let us know that someone's out here. Go Yeah. Okay. So she's like, all right. So then she's hanging out by the car. Then he cuts open the screen, crawls into the house, goes and opens up the front door. This is all after midnight. Mm. And he lets in the other two women. So, uh, so now they're inside. So Frykowski, so he's the aspiring screenwriter. He had been sleeping on the couch. So he's kind of woken up. And he's like, you know, who are you? What's going on? He gets kicked in the head. Ugh. So then he starts asking, like, what are you doing here? And Tex apparently tells him, I'm the devil, and I'm here to do the devil's business. So they round up everybody from all the rooms. So now everyone's all in the living room. So they've gotten Sharon Tate, eight and a half, nine months pregnant, out of bed, brought her to the living room. They bring Sebring out. They bring uh, Folgers out. And they've got Frykowski there. They tie Sebring and Tate together, so this is her and her former lover, Mm -hmm. they tie their necks together with cord or rope, and they tie, they're not hanging them, but they tie them to like a support beam on the ceiling, so they're like stuck together and can't get away. Yeah. Um, And apparently Sebring is getting really upset about how rough they're being with Tate, who's super pregnant. He's saying like, knock it off, knock it off. So the second time that he says something, um, they shoot him. Text shoots him in the head just shoots him okay and he's still alive okay then uh they tell Folger she has to go get her purse so she goes back to her room and she gets her purse she comes she gives him like 70 dollars out of her purse and then Sebring who's been shot is like moaning and he's tied to Tate and then they stab him seven times oh no so Sharon Tate is tied Tied to this guy who's dead now
0: yeah
1: and tied to the ceiling Frykowski, um, had been bound with a towel. So there's, and all of their stories like start conflicting with each other. And then it's like, well, I wasn't, I didn't do this. This person did this part. That person did this part. So Atkins had tied Frykowski with a towel and like, she's a creep. There's a documentary with her where she's like telling, and then she's just like emotionless. Yeah. And, like, you can tell, like, she knows she should be saying certain things, but, like, you can tell she's not upset by what she did. Yeah. So she ties him with this towel, and he's, like, begging her to let him go. And she says, in, one, in like, one of the documentaries, she's like, and my my hand was fro Like, I had this knife, and Tex is telling me that I'm supposed to kill him. And there's, like, a hand holding me back, <laughs> and I can't do it. I just can't. And he sees that I can't do it, so he wiggles free from the ties, and he runs away. Huh. Well, the other part of the story is, like, no, he just, like, wiggled free. She struggled with him, stabbed him a bunch of times in the legs. He gets free. Tex comes over, and then Tex stabs him uh, a million, like, like 50 times. Like, something, oh, like, way overkill and, and nuts. So then he uh, hits him with the butt of the gun so many times that he, like, breaks the handle of the gun. Oh, my God. Like,
0: they're,
1: just, they're manic. Yeah. Then uh, Kasabian, who's supposed to be watching guard outside she hears horrifying sounds coming from inside the yeah. house. So she comes up to the door and then in an effort to stop what's happening, she tells them that someone's coming. Okay. So no one's coming. She's still kind of scared of everybody. She's like, someone's coming, someone's coming to get them to stop yeah. doing what they're doing. Jesus. So then Folger escapes from Krenwinkel and starts running by the pool. So then Krenwinkle like catches up to her and stabs her. And yeah. then Tex comes over and stabs. She gets stabbed a total of 28 times. Oh my
0: God. No. It's so... That's so much force and violence behind, like, stabbing. Yeah. It's just... It's not an easy feat. No. Oh, my God.
1: So then... So now poor Tate has watched all of this happen around her. Yeah. She starts begging for the life of her baby and saying, like... Like, she knows she's going to die. And she's telling them, like please let me live long enough that my baby like take me hostage. Yeah. I'm worth a bunch. Like Roman Polanski's my husband. Like yeah. I'm worth a bunch of money. Just let me like, have. This yeah. Baby. Just like take me hostage and people will pay you money. And then like, let me have, like, let me give birth to this baby and then you can kill me. Yeah. It's real. It's horrible. So then they, uh, te- and there's arguments, whether it was text or whether it was Atkins. Um, cause they're both trying to like get the other one in more trouble, but then get them off of trouble. Um, Tate is stabbed 16 times tate tate uh sharon tate yeah. the, the wife uh they cut off one of her breasts they cut a giant oh my. x on her oh stomach my God. and like and what they're saying is like they don't even think like that's like intentional creepy like she's just being stabbed so viciously yeah that, that that's, just, just g- happened. that's just happening is it deep wounds on her belly it didn't say okay so manson had told them before they left leave a sign something witchy So then they grab a blood soaked towel and they write the word pig in blood on the front door. Oh no. And that was the only thing I like, I didn't know any of these horrible details or anything about this story. I just knew about the Manson family murders and that they had written words in blood on the wall, which was my tie to the Bloody Mary. I was like, I just know that there was like blood writing on the wall. Yeah. So then, uh, they leave, they get in the car, off they go. Then, like, a couple weeks later, Manson tells them to go to... There was somebody that, like... So no one survived that house. No one survived in that house. And then um, Kasabian, who was the one who was, like, not, like, a part of it, yeah. but not a Who's part like, of... like, someone's coming. Yeah. yeah she, she doesn't report anything to the sheriff. She doesn't report anything to the police. Like, she's still either very afraid of them or unsure of what to do, like, whatever it is. Yeah. So then they decide to kill a Lebanese man. Like there's also a lot of racial ties and like yeah. Manson thinks there's going to be a race war. So
0: wait, Sorry. Maybe I missed yeah. this in the beginning. Why did he want to send a message or why did he have this house targeted or like what was It's where the music producer used to live. Used to live. He doesn't even, he, and live he there.
1: knows he doesn't live there anymore. So there's all this like weird, he's got this underlying like cult leadery. There's going to be a race war. These are things we're going to do before the race war. But then there's also this like hole in the ground, like it's scattered and it's all over the place, and like you like there's a bunch of like nuts so doesn't make any sense, and then there's also like no dude, you're just this like criminal whose music career didn't pan out, and you're mad about it, and now you're like overreacting and sending a message to the people who you felt like should have taken you seriously, yeah, so there's also this just like deeply criminal part to it that doesn't have anything to do with all the other extracurricular so then they they there's another then they kill two more people in this house and they add another person to the mix uh leslie van Houten. so she wasn't a part of the sharon tate murder but now she's a part of these other two people that get murdered and the people in hollywood are just like what the fuck is going on like these famous people just got murdered in the hollywood hills yeah. and then these other people get murdered in the ho- like they're all super scared and celebrities are hiring extra bodyguards and they don't know what the like motive is for the murders and then uh kasabian like runs away to rhode island or i think it's rhode island where she's from uh-huh. and she gets picked up on like a traffic stop And she just starts spilling the beans and she's like, well, like, and like, and there's like slowly kind of putting together the crimes and figuring it out. Yeah. Um, So there's a warrant out for her arrest. She turns herself in and she's like, look, let me tell you all about this. So she is offered immunity if she goes state's witness. Yeah. And if she'll be a witness for the prosecution, she serves no jail time. She just starts singing like a bird no one else in the manson family will say a word so they hire like based on her and everyone has like nicknames and stuff so they're trying to place together like who is there and what's this nickname and she's like i have no allegiances to these people yeah and she starts telling like this is this person's nickname i think this is their real name and the manson family people are super mad at her and oh so, yeah. like they're like coming to court and they've got like blood on their faces and they're calling her a traitor and a bunch of scary stuff for her Um, but so her testimony helps catch all the other people. Is she still alive? She is 69 years old. So very much out of the limelight. Yeah. Witness protection probably. No, no, no. What? Um, but she's, she lives a very out of, out of the public eye. She's done like two interviews maybe. And the last interview she did was, I don't know, 10 or 15 years ago. And she had them obscure her face um. So wherever she's living, people... Okay. She's probably living under a different name. Yeah, yeah. Um. But so Charles Manson died at 83 in prison mm-hmm. of cardiac arrest. He also had colon cancer. Tex Watson uh, is 72, currently incarcerated. Um, Atkins died of brain cancer in prison when she was 61. She had a son who was born at the ranch... And legally taken from her because no one at the ranch wanted to help raise him. Yeah. So his name's been changed and he just lives anonymously like after somewhere fact. else. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, like, imagine, like, that dude's just out there.
0: Yeah. That was... I don't know if
1: he knows that's his mom or yeah. if, like, that's crazy. Uh, Krenwinkel, because Atkins died. Krenwinkel, at one time, I don't know if this is still true, but at one time, she was the longest incarcerated female in California Corrections. Wow. Wow. At the time, it was 45 years, but like that looked like an old documentary, so I, she's still alive, so she probably definitely has that title still. Yeah. Um, Leslie Van Houten, so she wasn't involved in the first murders, but she's involved, involved in the second one. She's 69. She's still in jail. Uh, the parole board has finally recommended her for parole because the Tate's family goes to every parole hearing for all these people and is like, fuck that noise. These people are none of them. Have have apologized, have shown any remorse, show any sort of like they laugh in court, like they're yeah. they they won both, all of them blame the drugs and are like you know I felt nothing, I still kind of feel nothing for it. like it's just g- gross, yeah. And so their parole hearings uh, kind of end with them being like nope nope you're not getting on parole, but but uh, Van Houten did get recommended for parole uh, in 2016, but Governor Jerry Brown denied it and Good. then again in 2017 was approved for parole and Jerry Brown again denied her parole um it was just kind of not like
0: insane it's crazy and like, there's
1: and again there's so much more to this yeah.
0: story like i definitely need to go and like watch the documentaries like to yeah. get that build up to that point to have that
1: because there's so much just like in the Manson family themselves yeah. like that in and of itself is a crazy story yeah. and then they took this weird murderous. Turn, yeah. Yeah.
0: That's insane. I didn't know all the details to that.
1: No, it's horrible.
0: I remember talking to Caroline, and she's like, ugh, gross, Jackie. The man's, (laughs) like... She knew some of the details. Yeah. I mean, imagine, yeah, like, seeing that on the news, living in Hollywood at the time. Well, she said, so, because she lived in L.A., but not then. Yeah. um, But she goes, oh, well,
1: that's, like, like a famous Hollywood, like, you can go tour up there. And you can, like, there's, like, a run, like, people run up that hill. No. Who... Trent Reznor from Nine Inch Nails bought that house. What? I feel like I read that somewhere. lived in it? This was like, I read this a long time ago. I'll pull it up and see. I feel like, yeah. And he like turned it into a
0: record studio. Like demolished it? I don't think so. I don't think it was Ray. Would you live in a house that had a gruesome murder in it?
1: I always felt like I would. No. Because I've. I always felt like, ugh, ah, you can kind of put the past to the past. That's not like they've changed. But the more like we tell each other these horrible stories, I really don't think I could. Like
0: if you knew, like if this house that we're in right now, if that incident had happened in this living room. Yeah. And like you see the beam where, no, there's no, 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 you couldn't pay no me that's enough a valid. Money. Like you're going to walk me to my car after this. Like I am not walking out there in the dark by myself. Like you couldn't pay me enough money.
1: All right, so the final resident of the original house, so it sounds like they have torn yeah. it down, of the original house was the musician Trent Reznor of Nine Inch Nails. Reznor began renting the house in 1992 and set up a recording studio there. Oh, this studio dubbed Pig. No. No. In reference to murderer Susan Atkins' riding pig and Tate's blood on the front door of the house was the site of recording sessions for most of the Nine Inch Nails album, The Downed Spiral, in 1994. Reznor moved out of the house in December '93. later explaining, There was too much history in that house for me to handle. Reznor made a statement about working in the Tate house during a 1997 interview with Rolling Stone. While I was working on Downward Spiral, I was living in the house where Sharon Tate was killed. Then one day, I met her sister. It was a random thing, just a brief encounter. And she said, are you exploiting my sister's death by living in her house? For the first time, the whole thing kind of slapped me in the face. I said, no, it's just sort of my own interest in American folklore. Um, I'm in this place where a weird part of history occurred. I guess it never really struck me before, but it did then. She lost her sister from a senseless, ignorant situation that I don't want to support. When she was talking to me, I realized for the first time, what if that was my sister? And I thought, fuck Charlie Manson. I don't want to be looked at as a guy who supports serial killer bullshit. So he took the front door of the house with him when he moved, installing it at some other studio. Um, In 1994, the owner demolished the house and built a replacement home called Villa Bella with a new street address, so they gave it a new address at the city. And the owner of the property, as of 2013, is Hollywood producer Jeff Franklin. The new property does not resemble the residence in which the Tate murders occurred.
0: That's crazy. That's insane. What a... Yeah.
1: That, you know, kudos to him for having that moment.
0: Yeah, no. Talking to her, because I think definitely. he was just
1: kind of in, like, we talk about... That's true. We yeah, could I think accused maybe, of the exact same thing.
0: Yeah, you're so... not far detached but you just see it you're just looking at it through a different lens and then correct yeah it just meet someone there's a face there's a name it's real yeah i think it's like i can read these stories Mm -hmm. and i can have it in my head but once i see the crime scene photos it becomes way too real yeah um yeah man that was that was awful yeah thanks jackie you're welcome (laughs)
1: Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Killer Cocktails. As always, on-air talent was Jackie Andrea. Uh, be sure to check out our Instagram, at Killer Cocktails Podcast, or stop by our website, KillerCocktailsPodcast.com, for up-to-date information, photos, contests, and more. Our logo was created by Michelle Firm, whose amazing art can be found at MichelleFirmDesign.com. Use coupon code KillerCocktails, that's one word, for 15% off your entire order. Our music was created by Nikolai Heidlas, And we'll be back next week on Hashtag Murder Mondays.